Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. And I'm your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. Now tonight we have a very exciting and triggering warning. Trigger warning. This will probably be a very triggering episode for some people. Definitely um, triggering. We're going to be talking about the Ken and Barbie murders. Mur- <laughs> murders. A.K.A. Um, homo is Homolka. Yeah, it's Carla Homolka and Paul Bernardo. Thank you. I was like Homolka. It's not like I'm trying to throw up. Homolka. Shout out to uh, Tim Curry and his character in one of my favorite movies, Congo. <laughs> his character's name is Herkama Homolka, and that is the only reason why I know how to pronounce Homolka. I mean, I've seen interviews since about Carla and Paul. Yeah, but, like, but I, I feel like they just need to lead with that. Yeah. For sure. Congo's a great movie, by the way. If nobody has seen Congo. I haven't. What? You about the remember. killer monkeys. You gotta remember where it came from. Laura Lenny's in it. What? Bruce Bruce Campbell is in it for like... The, He's like the Drew Barrymore of this movie. He's literally in it for like the first 15 minutes. And you're like, what the fuck is Bruce Campbell? It's such a great movie. It's like, I can't. Ernie Hudson. Like, I can't even. I, I can't even talk about it enough. It's so fucking good. Sounds great. There's people my age that are like, oh my God, Congo. And I'm sure there's people your age going, I've never seen that. What? You need to see Especially it. with how I was raised. You Fuck. need to see Right. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of like, you know what? Killer 8 movie? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it came out in 95. Oh, so. yeah. I was two. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that movie is old. He forget. When you're when you're already sort of kind of older, not old old, but older, and then like a movie came out in your in the nineties, and you're like, oh, that's not that long ago, and then you're like, wait a minute. Especially <laughs> when you come to realize that if you were born in the year two thousand, you're literally able to drink now. Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. Okay. You should have went. The prophecy. <laughs> I'm like that fucked me. That makes my head hurt. If you were born in 2000, you can drink now. It makes my head hurt. Well, legally. <laughs> I had a temporary job last year, and I remember mentioning to one of the guys that worked there uh, about 9-11, and, well, this would have been the September of 2020, and, because everybody else was talking about it, and he's like, yeah. I wasn't born yet. And I was like. <laughs> Butterfly in the sky. Literally, I mean, literally. Like Hello, he was born. Darkness, his his mom friend. was pregnant with him. So he was born later. Like, so he's, you know, was turning 21. And I was like, you're how old? And I was just like, I can't talk to you. I need I you to go. I'm like, I need you to go away. I would literally just be like, hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh, like when I realized the other day that in, that I could be old enough to have mothered an 18-year-old. And that made me want to throw myself out of a window. Yeah. 
If you were there 18. was something there was something me and my husband were talking about if the other 18, day yeah. and we were talking about like whoever it was was like was like 19 18 or 19 and we both looked at each other and I was like you both I was like you realize we're both old enough to have had an 18 year old and we like shuddered for a minute because <laughs> we're one of those couples that do not want kids so Same. you know I mean so yeah, I shuddered for a minute because that that does make you feel old. That 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 for like half a second, I was like, "Oh God, you know what? Absolutely not." <laughs> like bad enough to already have a kid, but I'm like, I'd have an 18 year old right now. I'm like, "Oh, okay, get the fuck, <laughs> you're gonna get the fuck, get the fuck." <laughs> I'm actually, going, wait, I'm, no, don't get the fuck. No, no, no don't no. get the fuck. Stay no. far away from the fuck. <laughs> Run. Stay far away from the fuck unless one of y'all get fixed. <laughs> We're going to get the fuck. Wait, oh you don't want kids. God. Don't get the fuck. Nope, run away. So guys, before we get into this episode this evening, a row from our sponsor. Calm your body down. Ding. I always love it when I hit that note the that first was perfect. time. Thank you. Um... Guys, the sale is still ongoing. I do need to be posting more about that. But yes, the sale, the 15% off, no code needed whatsoever is still ongoing um, till the 22nd, 23rd of April. So it's about a month. Um, but yeah, 15% off, no code needed. Everything is included. And uh, Etsy shop, calm your body down, Instagram and TikTok. Calm your body down. Bing. Also, we're going to start doing this right after you talk about your business. Uh, guys, don't forget we have merch on Teespring. We do. We have links all over our social media. Uh, it's on the link tree. All you got to do is click on the DFWTO merch and everything is up there. We have Wednesdays are for podcast shirts. We have Becky and Casper shirts, which I will be posting a sh picture of me in one with Nev Campbell. Yeah, if you looked on our Instagram, um, uh, Casper is sporting the um, Becky and Casper uh, DFWTO shirt, so that was awesome. I was really trying to turn a little bit more, but they were they were rushing us so much because her line was absolutely insane. Thank you to I... everybody. Yeah, for all the likes I got, that was uh, that was a big deal for me. This was the first time in several years that I had been to any convention, um, and I think like most people i'm sure i'm not the only one especially <laughs> after what we've had to endure the last two years that wasn't maybe the slight that was maybe the slightest bit like holy shit this is a lot of fucking people after what we just went through but um i mean it was my some, first time in two years right right and also just my own personal traumas that i had had um but i am really glad i did it it was really awesome it felt really good and uh it was still <laughs> i was very drained afterwards so um yes. unless there's ever a dfwto table at a convention more than likely you will never see me on a friday or a saturday of a um, convention. we're really hoping to do that people. though guys um, we are really yeah that would be the only that. time you would ever see me a whole weekend because you know i gotta work but um yeah uh gotta work, Sunday was a lot of fucking people but um the experiences i had were really awesome uh 
Big shout out to Adam Green. That was loved him. One of the most incredible conversations. And David Howard Thornton. Um, and yeah, he was so fucking awesome. Like he was really cool. That was awesome. I really cannot wait to watch Terrifier with my husband. And you did get to meet. <laughs> you did get to meet Nev Campbell. And I did get to meet Nev Campbell. I did. You know, it's all good. Uh, what a fucking sweetheart. She she's just like so kind. Like honestly. I was literally not starstruck at all. Uh, I don't, I was, I don't, well, she was, but you know, we talked about that. I guess I just, because I have been to past one so many times, I guess, depending on who the person is, I'm kind of, that's kind of left me. I mean, listen, I genuinely think it's because I am so attracted to her. Well, we just talked about it. If it was Vera Vera and Patrick, it'd be a totally different story. I'd be a hundred percent starstruck. But, um, with her, it was just very natural. But like, we were also saying how fucking gorgeous she like you guys don't understand it's so different when you see these people on tv or in photos to when you see them in person and some of them can look like but majority of the times they look incredible and i she looked stunning i just was like i mean i was like in her face i gave her a hug like i was same right there you know what i'm saying and there was she i'm just like madam listen i got 10 more years till i'm close (laughs) to your age and i really need to know but like give me the cheap version right i know you can afford all the expensive shit but like what's the target brand (laughs) like if you could just if you could tell me whatever the target brand alternative is i you know i get five percent off on that credit card so i'll make that shit happen but i need to know the target brand version of just whatever please. you're doing because i remember that one lady said she's vegan and i was like okay well i'm not doing that but um no absolutely not anything that's not that sign me up please yes also big shout out to mike um prime time on twitter horror fan ryan ash and uh carl even though he didn't make it out there. It was really great spending seeing you guys spending the weekend with you guys. Um hopefully I know a lot of you guys are gonna go to the September one and there's only one way I'm gonna go into the September one. Same. But if that doesn't happen I'm probably not gonna go. So I hope you guys have fun. Um same. But <laughs> we're both over here like eh. same, 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 same. I mean I have to have some kind of money for my best one of my best friend's weddings. So I kinda have to, you know <laughs> Rain of them, <laughs> just a little, just a little bit. But anyway, so just wanted to take a minute and talk about Warhound really quick. Uh, it was great. Oh, also real quick because I, you know, I'm I'm so glad I got to meet him Sunday. Uh, shout out to Adam. Um, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering your la- butchering your last name. Writer, reader, uh, Woodland Gray. His oh, yeah. movie was one of the features at Warhound, and I got to meet him and. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we're able to get him on the podcast at some point. Um, I can't wait to see it. The movie sounds incredible. Listen, and you guys, have if you've been a long time enough listener, you already pretty much know if it's a horror film set in the woods, me and Casper are, are signed me the fuck up. He I literally pulled it. me over on Saturday by saying, there's a horror movie in the woods. And I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah all you gotta do is tell me it's a horror movie in the woods and that's all i need to know i'm like okay cool what we'll we give doing? it a shot what we'll we doing i'll give it a shot 
Yeah, Hell I'm glad yeah. you said something about that. I'm looking very forward to seeing that movie and having him on. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I was just really glad I got to see him on Sunday. Uh, and uh, What are the odds was... that we would run into him together? What are the actual odds? You know, because I was hoping we would actually get to meet him together. Because like I said, guys, the ultimate goal is for us to have a table at a convention. So, you know, the the merch is going to help build, you know, if you guys buy the merch, just know that that's what it's going towards yep. is to just build this higher to get a table and then we can just all word of mouth really be able to enjoy it yeah. you know and uh sell our merch and get more word out about uh you know what we do and see how many people enjoy it and again sell our merch 100 <laughs> percent, which is nice you know and it's nice and it's a good quality and again you're supporting you're supporting us and a small business you're supporting us a small business and Queers. And it's good karma. Yeah, exactly. You're supporting the LGBTQ community. <laughs> good karma. <laughs> you know. Alright, guys. So, like I said before, um, this might be a triggering episode for some people. Uh, we will be discussing rape. Um, not fully in detail, just rape in general. Uh, these, pe these people were absolutely disgusting. They were disgusting, absolutely awful people. And, you know, like I said in the post, Miss Barbie is out there walking around still, fucking Carla, you know, because, and I'm sure there's a bunch of people going, how the fuck? Oh, just wait. Yeah, you know, this is, this is one of those stories, well, the, the one of the main reasons why I wanted to talk about it is, um, right now on Discovery Plus, and I think it was... I think it was released recently. Um, okay, it would have been the end of last year. Uh, Ken and Barbie Killers, The Lost Murder Tapes. Um, and it's a, I believe it's a four part, it's either a four or five part documentary all about Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. If It's a four part, I'm sorry. It's a four part on Discovery Plus about them. Um, that if a lot of people are unfamiliar with this case, really goes deep now that title may be a little misleading i just want to preface because that will be something that's mentioned um they pretty much videotaped everything they did including the murders and the rapes that they committed together so this is literally a snuff the original film. the original tapes that were the there were i think five five to six tapes those tapes have been destroyed. So I just want to get it out there that that title might be a little misleading if people do know the case that they did. Those tapes have been destroyed. And the uh, transcripts from those tapes that were featured in court, those have been sealed. So nobody, you know, I mean, they, they ultimately know what happened to the victims, but nobody outside of who was involved with that case and in the courtroom has seen those tapes or read those transcripts and otherwise they have been completely sealed as they should be because it's really fucked up and they did them bit. to literal children one of whom was her own sister so you know. um i should also say really quick too there was a the lifetime movie that i mentioned is on amazon prime and I tried to watch it because it had been a long time since I'd seen it. It was uncut. And, of course, I had never seen it uncut because when I watched it on Lifetime, they cut everything. Basically, like, the cussing part. 
which just for some reason, obviously I can handle cussing full grown adult, it's almost 40, but it was just the fact that it, it just seemed, it made, it made the movie more intense that like that was put in. Um, I am a rape survivor myself. So I got about halfway through the movie and I just couldn't take it and I had to turn it off. So, uh, that's why we definitely wanted to give a trigger warning to anybody. I don't suggest if you listen, I mean, if you really, I honest to God, if you really want to know, if you really want to honor the memory of the victims, watch the documentary on Discovery Plus. Do not watch that movie, Carla. Like, just don't watch it. I don't, I mean, I know it's, and I know some people would rather watch it because they, they're disgusted by that kind of thing, but it doesn't trigger them as much. I mean, if you want to, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, and Laura Prepon played Car. I will say the acting, and it was, I think that's what made it creepier for me because the it acting was, was so well done that Laura looked so much like Carla and um, Misha Collins from Supernatural plays Paul Bernardo. It should also be prefaced that Misha Collins has completely condemned this movie. He completely condemned his role as Paul Bernardo in this movie because uh, one of these, so Paul Bernardo was the Scarborough rapist, Scarborough being a suburb in Canada. If people live in Canada, shout out to our Canadian listeners that know that area. And Misha Collins happened to have, I read this in an article, I don't know how it happened, but he happened to have met one of Paul's victims as the Scarborough rapist, um, survivors, I should say. And Misha now has completely condemned his role in that movie. He has publicly said he wished he never would have played him and has asked fans to not mention the movie or, because apparently this has happened, which I think is kind of gross, when he's done signings at conventions for Supernatural, people have brought copies of the movie for him to sign and he will not sign it. I don't blame him. So yeah, I wouldn't fucking suggest that either because that's a little fucked up. But, right. Yeah, he um he condemns his role in the movie. He will not talk to fans about the movie, and he will not sign um any copies of the movie whatsoever. Mad respect to Misha Collins for that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's what creeped me out the most was just it was just too realistic. Yeah. It was, uh, especially, look at that. Look how close that looks to the actual web that's photo. The whole that's them. That's them? That's them. That's not Paul and Carla. That's No, them. it's not when I look at it really close. What the fuck? Yeah, it's really, it's that's very disturbing how much they both really, really looked like Paul and Carla. So I think that's what made it even harder for me to watch the movie because it just oh it was, for fucking like sure you're like watching them do it. Um, now apparently it should be said that the lawyers for both of the victims that um, the uh, they were called the schoolgirl murders I believe that both Paul and Carla were involved in um, the two girls besides uh, her sister. Um, it should be noted that the lawyers for both of those families did see the movie and, um, after they watched it, they, I, I don't, I don't want to say they like gave their blessing, but, um, they, they were trying to block the movie from being released and ultimately they decided to not go through with that let it happen yeah after they saw the movie they felt like it it actually did justice in showing and probably that's why i couldn't watch it because 
it did really show you how sick they were. That it wasn't just, you know, if you, if you didn't know these tapes existed and didn't realize Carla's role in it, you really would think that Carla was just as much of a victim, not knowing that she was just as fucked up as Paul was. Um, even though Paul was committing the rapes before he met her. So, yeah. It's just, you know, when two fucked up people find each other, unfortunately, other people get caught in the crosshairs and that's a that is quite literally what happened in this case so all right so guys we're going to be coming from criminal minds wiki 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 this is actually really cool because there have been some episodes there was of criminal minds that have just like law and order have been ripped from head actual headlines and it's mm -hmm. kind of cool that Criminal Minds almost has like their own Wikipedia because they've done an episode that was very similar similar to this case that it gives um, a lot of details mm -hmm. that are kind of more concise and not as long as Wikipedia. So Wikipedia was kind of just all over the place. They I were mean, just like, here's word vomit. I'll reference it from time to time, but this pretty much kind of wraps everything up. All right, guys. So here we go. Paul Kenneth Bernardo, a.k.a. the Scarborough Rapist and the Schoolgirl... This is gonna go great. The Schoolgirl Killer and Carla Leanne Homolka, a.k.a. the Witch of Ontario, were a former married Canadian couple who videotaped themselves as they raped a number of teenage girls, three of whom they also killed. They were nicknamed the Ken and Barbie Killers due to their good looks and wealthy background. So Paul's background, he was born in 1964 in Scarborough, a district of Ontario, Canada, as the legal youngest of Kenneth and Marilyn Bernardo's three children. His parents' marriage was an unhappy one that came as a result of him, of Kenneth, having the formation demanded by Bernardo's maternal grandfather, unlike Marilyn's favorite suitor. Kenneth, who would later in life face charges for peeping and pedophilia, was abusive to the other members of the family and molested Paul's sister. Marilyn was depressive and would leave her family unattended to visit other relatives during the weekend and eventually retreated into the basement. Young Paul seemed oblivious to his broken home and was described as a happy child, but he also gained a compulsion to make fires during his time in the Boy Scouts when he was 10 years old. Actually, you know what they say. And it's, it's, it should be noted that when he was 10 years old, around that same time was when his father was actually uh, charged with fondling a young girl in 1975. So that would have been around the same age um, this started happening with Paul. Um, you know what they say about fires. Yeah. It wasn't It wasn't for his sister. Uh, it was for another girl that mm -hmm. he molested. Um, in 1981, 16-year-old Bernardo suffered two major setbacks. First, he was told after an argument between his parents that Kenneth Bernardo was not his biological father but that he'd been conceived as a result of a sexual encounter between Marilyn and her once favorite suitor. Repulsed, Bernardo began to call his mother a slut and a whore, and she reciprocated by calling him a bastard. Yep. Later, Bernardo's first girlfriend, Nadine Brammer, abandoned him for one of his friends, having become tired of Bernardo's controlling behavior, and Bernardo retaliated by incinerating all things that Brammer had given to him. After graduating from Sir Wilfrid Laurier College Institute, Bernardo was employed by the American company Amway, whose pulmic sales culture deeply influenced him. 
Yeah, people aren't familiar with Amway if you're too young uh, to be familiar with it. Amway was pretty much one of the very first MLMs. Um, Man Loving Men? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> sorry. Multi-level marketing schemes. Um, I, I, I knew what it was. Listen, I... You listen. said MLM, so I yeah. was like, I mean, Men Loving yeah. Men? I mean, I'm, not that I would know. Um, anyway... Um, but yeah, it was like basically one of the first, you know, like way before Lulu, Lululemon or Lululemon or whatever that fucking one was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like one where it just, you could basically order, it was like, like a Sears catalog. You could literally order anything literally. from Amway, but people that worked for it, it was definitely a, a scam. You had to just mm -hmm. try to recruit more people under you and yeah, but if you not a pyramid were, scheme, a pyramid scam. But if you were manipulative, yep, like someone like Paul, you're gonna be better at sales. It's true. So he bought books and tapes from famous motivational speakers and applied their lessons when he and his friends met young women in bars, seducing many successfully. By the time he began attending the University of Toronto at Scarborough, Bernardo had developed dark sexual fantasies, one of which was building a virgin farm where he would breed virgin girls to rape. He also enjoyed forceful and anal sex and degrading his dates in public. Over time, his relationships became shorter and Bernardo would frequently date more than one woman at the same time. In all cases, he was abusive and threatened to kill his girlfriends if they spoke to other people about the treatment he subjected them to. In 1986, two women were granted restraining orders against him for making obscene phone calls to them, and he might have begun his raping spree already. I can go ahead and read anybody too. that anybody that puts you down all the fucking time. Like, listen, I mean, red flag. Not only was this guy just a piece of shit, he was also a sick fuck on on top of it. Um, but Carla herself, so she was actually 17 when she met Paul. We should preface that. I think he was 25. Um, she was born in 1970 in Port Credit, Ontario to a traveling salesman um, by the name of Carol, or I think it's actually more closely pronounced. Uh, Carell? Or Carl Homolka. Oh, is it? Because it's, well, it's a, it's a Czechoslovakian name. Yeah. So I think it's actually close, closer, more enunciated as Carl. It's just looks it's k-a-r-e-l but it's a very Czech, czechoslovakian name um he was an alcoholic immigrant and his ontarian wife dorothy seeger who was a geriatric clinical employee she had two younger sisters laura Lori, and tammy carla was a bright child and a good student that was doted on by her father but he would also insult her and her mother and her sisters during his drunk episodes and took refuge in the basement when he got in arguments with them when the homolka's marriage faltered and he took on a mistress However, the wife's response was to propose her a threesome and keep on as normal. That's what you do. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but if people don't think that... I don't know how people cannot think coming from a fucked up family isn't gonna somehow... I mean, I don't want to say that all the time because it doesn't happen for everybody, but I think that if you already have a fractured mental state and then you're subjected to things like this and you start to and you have it in your mind that's normal and you don't really have anybody tell you otherwise 
I think that does have an effect on you. Because I don't want to say everybody from a fucked up home ends up fucked up. You definitely shouldn't say that. No. We've all gone through things and end up completely normal people. But I think, like I said, I think if your psyche is already fractured and you grow up thinking that this type of behavior is normal, and really more importantly, you never have anybody tell you otherwise. Because I think that's what happens to a lot of people um, when they have someone, you know, like when they get out in the world and someone goes, yeah, that's not normal. And you go, wait, no, it's not. And then you realize like, oh shit, that was trauma. Like that <laughs> wasn't a normal thing that I went through as a kid. And that's why it felt weird because it was supposed to feel weird because it wasn't normal. Um, so from a young age, Carla, Carla was described as stubborn and domineering. Listen, she was able to compromise with other children, always willing to speak her mind with adults. I mean, that's not always necessarily a bad thing, but you know, I was literally the same type of done, child. But... If it's done to manipulate, I mean, you know, um, she had a depressive disorder after she began to attend Sir Winston Churchill Secondary School, during which she would dress in a non-conforming manner, cut herself and claim false suicide attempts as a way to seek attention. She also later developed sadistic and masochistic fantasies. It should be noted that when their home was searched, there was a copy of American Psycho found that the investigators originally thought was Paul's, but it was actually Carla's. So just think about that. If anybody's ever read the book or seen the movie, just think about the fact that that was one of her favorite books. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Homoka okay. got a part-time job at a pet store while she was in high school, and after graduating in 1988, she was hired by Therald Veterinary Clinic as a full-time veterinary technician. It should also be noted that on that, because uh, I, I did get to watch a little bit of it, I just think I missed the last episode, that Discovery plus Ken and Barbie, uh, the lost tapes on that, that documentary thing, um, that people that knew her from the veterinary clinic sp specifically, she, and I mean, this is kind of unfortunate uh, with, you know, with both psychopaths, they are really charming. Like people, they can make, I mean, listen, if you look at Carla and Paul, it's ridiculous how good looking they were, especially like for the nineties. I mm -hmm. mean, and late 80s like if you didn't i mean that's that's why they were called ken and barbie because that's exactly what the fuck they looked like it was ridiculous how perfect they look and i think that was another thing that played in this case kind of similar to ted bundy is like oh my god look how good looking they were i think that's honestly yeah. why he got away why he got away with the rapes for as long as he did because he got away with he got away with being the scarborough rapist for years um and i really think that his looks had a lot to do with it also with the fact that they weren't yet able to link dna with the scarborough rapist actually right. that's what fucked him later <laughs> with the murders but they weren't able to link the dna as well but yeah it just they were so good looking both of them it was just crazy and like i said people that knew her that worked with her just said she was bubbly and full of life and really funny and like girl next door and i'm just like I yeah mean, they really, all are it's really easy to play that part mm -hmm. when you're when you're good looking when you're a psych and when you're a psychopath yep in 1987 bernard graduated from college and got a job as a junior accountant and account accountant accountant 
Jesus. Some words, listen. <laughs> I can't want to go accountant, accountant, accountant. Like, no. In Prince Waterhouse, his dating slowed down after one of his last girlfriends, Jennifer Thompson, threatened to go to the police. On May of that year, Bonanno raped two women and attempted to another rape in July. In October, Bernardo and Homoka met in a hotel's restaurant. Of course he did. He was 23 and she was 17. Okay, I thought 25, but yeah, 23. Mm-hmm. Pedophilia! Homoka had come to Scarborough to attend a pet store conference. They were instantly attracted to each other and had sex the same night with their friends present. That's what you do. From then on, Bernardo would drive to see Homoka twice a week and slowly came to control her whole life. Deciding how she'd dress, style, eat, and believe, he often called her fat and ugly. Unlike his previous girlfriends, Homoka easily submitted to and encouraged his sexual behavior, writing his in- indications off as a self-improvement list. Though it didn't end their relationship, the reveal that Homoka wasn't a virgin when they first met upset Bernardo greatly. He resumed the rapes in December. By March 1988, police had set a task force to apprehend the so-called Scarborough rapist. But the investigation went nowhere, despite the amount of physical evidence and existence of a composite sketch that wasn't shown to the public. The public? The public. The public. (laughs) Homoka was aware of what Bernardo was doing in this time period, and there were allegations from one victim that Homoka was present when she was attacked. Recording it on camera, but these allegations were ignored by the police. Of course. What the hell was that? I have no idea. There, but you know, it might have been earlier. Uh, there was a hawk that flew by the window. You, oh. didn't, you didn't see it, but I saw it, so it might have been. It sounded like a puppy. I was like, what the fuck was that? Hawks sound like that. That's what it sounded like to me. It sounded like a hawk. That's probably what it was then. I heard a screeching, and I was like, that sounded like a hawk. <laughs> Is it? And you were like, puppy, and I was like. Hawk? Is it watching you like a hawk? <laughs> so, finally on May 1990, the police decided to show the composite sketch to the public, launching a massive number of tips. At it the- looked just like him, too. That's what I think was so fucked up. Right? They mentioned that in that documentary, and I was like, I'm looking at that composite sketch, and I'm like, that's you? Listen, I know that they say these things aren't supposedly reliable, but this literally looks exactly like him. Like, I've never seen a composite sketch so well. Like, it looked identical to him. I mean, the only, I think the only thing he did was cut his hair. Otherwise, it still looked like him. Because one of the victims got a got a side profile. And oh, that's, yeah. And that's what the composite sketch is. is it's basically a side, a side profile, but it got him perfectly. perfectly. Yeah. Uh, at the time, he quit his job and... Got his money by smuggling cigarettes across the U.S.-Canadian border. Friends and previous girlfriends of Bernardo saw the release sketch and tried to contact the police. But the officers were overwhelmed by other tips and unable to follow up on them. In November, two detectives visited visited Bernardo and took blood, saliva, and hair samples from him. But they wouldn't be tested for two years. He just sat in a database. Yikes. Um... But again, this was really early on. So this, you know, and I mean, you know, and it's all, I also think it's funny that either he didn't think anything would come of it or was just such a narcissist that he just didn't care. And it's probably more of the latter. I would say it's more of the yeah. latter. Um, and as 1990 progressed, Bernardo became increasingly obsessed with Homolka's 15-year-old sister, Tammy. 
He spied on her and hatched a plan to rape her with Homoka's assistance so that he would also make sure that Tammy remained a virgin. His first attempt during a summer trip in July involved Homoka lacing her sister's meal. It actually happened to be spaghetti with, with uh, Valium that she stole from her workplace. But Tammy woke up after one minute before he could rape her. Now, I have read two separate things. I have read that he was in the midst of raping her and he woke and she woke up. Or that right before he was going to, she woke up. Either way, it's still fucking gross. Um, the second attempt happened uh, on December 23rd following a Christmas dinner in the Homolka family home. Homolka described that she was gifting her sister's virginity to Paul for Christmas. Yeah. Okay. While the parent And this woman is... Fr God. While the parents slept upstairs, the couple spiked Tammy's drink with sleeping pills. And once she was unconscious, they undressed her... And raped her while Homoka let, uh, used a rag soaked with an anesthetic, anesthetic, Jesus Christ, now here anesthetic. I go with fucking words, anesthetic <laughs> called halophane. Um, now remember that because that is ultimately what starts to play a role in the other murders, which ultimately links it back to her because the she was getting the halophane from her job. Uh, they put it over Tammy's nose and her mouth. She began to vomit stopped breathing after her mocha held her down to clear her throat uh after failing to revive her they dressed her moved her into her room cleaned up the evidence and then called 911 even though she had a visible chemical burn on her face her death was still ruled an accident they basically said that she had too much to drink choked on her own vomit that's how she died you know and they bought it and they didn't even bother to do a toxicology because otherwise they would have found all the other drugs that they put in her system and the Halifane. Um, At the funeral, Bernardo... Oh, my God. This fucking shit. <sighs> There's just so much. Like, this, I don't... Oh, my God, this is so hard. <laughs> Bernardo was caught stroking Tammy's hair as she laid in the open casket. In a 1993... Now, this is the body... Tammy's body ended up being exhumed after the other two murders because the Halifane is ultimately what linked everything back. It revealed that not only had they written these really, and I, unfortunately, it's not here. and I'm not going to read it. You guys can find it if you want to. I think it's on Wikipedia. They wrote letters to her. And the letter that Paul wrote, I had to swallow my, my vomit. I almost threw up. It was so sick. Like, on top of that, they put a picture, and it's it's on here. It's that picture. They put that picture in her casket of themselves because that's what she oh wanted. my god it was so gross and i mean it was like and later carla said that it was their way of being with her forever like so that they could have her because that's what she wants oh my god that's why i'm like i'm not buying that it was just him because no. they're both fucking sick especially when she flat out said i was giving my own sister to him whether they meant to kill her or not you were still making sure that your sister was going to be raped by this man. Like, I don't... And then it gets even worse. They move to a home before they get married in Port Dahousie. I, I guess would, this is I another would, suburb in Me Canada. over here looking like that part of Candace, I don't know. Port Dollhouse. They started to <laughs> film themselves while they would role-play sexual encounters... Going as far as Tammy dressing in her sister's 
clothes to have sex with. Well, okay, that's enough of that because I can't anymore. <laughs> like, what the? F it makes me. This just makes me the so whole, sick. The whole, the thing whole thing with is the disgusting. sister is just well, and just the virgin thing. Oh my god, listen, that is like, just what so the fucking fuck? gross to me. This whole fucking thing is sick. Her sister and then these young girls, and it's it's literally both of them, literally both of them together. On June 7th of 1991, Homolka invited a teenager that she had befriended at work to their home. After she passed out from drinking, uh, um, from having a drink laced with the halcyon, Homolka told Bernardo that she had a surprise wedding gift for him and the two filmed themselves as they raped her. The victim woke up the next day with nausea but left without realizing that she had been raped. On June 15th, Bernardo took a detour to Burlington to steal license plates to use in his smuggling business when he met 14-year-old Leslie Mahaffey, who had been locked outside of her home in punishment for missing her curfew. After Mahaffey was, was offered um, and accepted a cigarette from Bernardo, he led her to his car, where he pulled a knife on her, blindfolded her, and drove her back to her home, telling Homolka that they had a playmate. Carla's initial response was to go back to sleep instead of checking on Leslie, the two filmed themselves as they raped and tortured her. Um, they kept her blindfolded and then they murdered her. They kept her body in the basement while they dined with her family upstairs and they later dismembered her, encasing her in eight concrete blocks, throwing the blocks into Lake Gibson. They were found on June 29th, the same day that Paul and Carla got married. In August... Jane, quote unquote, was invited over again. Mirroring what had happened when Tammy died, Jane also stopped breathing while she was raped, but was, she was revived successfully. Homolka, who had called 911, phoned back to say that the crisis had been solved and the ambulance on route was recalled without further inquiry. God. On April 16, 1992, Bernardo and Homolka abducted 15-year-old Kristen French Hey, she exited the, I know, I know so, right? I hate that. She exited the Holy Cross Catholic Secondary School, leaving a number of witnesses. They raped and tortured her for three days before supposedly strangling her. Okay. Now, this is where it gets fucked up because this was more of. It didn't match up because Paul's modus operandi was to strangle them after the rape would happen. But I think because he thought this was going to get less time for him when they ultimately turned against each other when the trial happened, Paul stands by the fact to this day that Carla murdered Kristen uh, by using a rubber mallet that she was equipped with to guard their victim while he went out to go get food so i guess at one point he left carla was left alone with her and he supposedly says when he came back carla bludgeoned her to death but i mean you know you're gonna be able to tell one way or the, one way or another how it happened and you know that just ultimately comes down to them not giving a fuck about the victim they're just trying to save their own their own necks you know no pun in, no terrible pun intended during captivity, French was never blindfolded. She was forced to ingest large amounts of alcohol, uh, watch the recording of Mahaffey, and act submissive to Bernardo, though she became confrontational by the end, calling him a bastard like his mother did, and said, I don't know how your wife can stand being around you. Listen, it must be in the name. It must be in the Kristen name. Because that sounds like to some stand shit up I'd for be yourself, like. <laughs> asshole. Um... She was beaten before she died. Once again, the couple left uh, to dine to dine with the Homolkas. They later washed and cut her hair. Um, 
I think Carla, okay, yeah, Carla was later asked if that was their way of keeping a trophy. They said that they never did that, that that was the way to, to misidentify the body was by cutting her hair. That was according to Carla. Um, before they threw her remains in a ditch in Burlington, close to the cemetery where Mahaffey was buried. Bernardo was interviewed by two police officers a month after French's murder, but uh, they considered him an unlikely suspect, even after he admitted to have been interviewing, even though he admitted that he had been interviewed previously in connection with the Scarborough rapes. Soon after, Bernardo and Homolka solicited to change their legal last name to Teal, the surname of a serial killer in the 1988 film Criminal Law. Like, nothing about that was strange. No. What so? No, no, no of course no. not. No. On December 27th... It's very normal to want to change your last name to that of a fictional serial killer. I'm yeah, going totally to change normal. my last name to Bundy. It's 100% normal, yeah. Or Dahmer. Right. Yeah, right. Rolls off the tongue. All right. Kristen Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on December twenty seventh, so on December twenty seventh, Bernardo savagely beat Himoka with a flashlight, leaving her with. Do you think that you could say the fight was lit? <laughs> anyway, leaving her with bruises okay. <laughs> on her limbs. I guess you could say he lit her up. Oh my god. Listen, I'm only laughing because it's between the two of them and they're terrible. Yeah, and they're terrible people. fucking people. If it was a victim, awful. I would like to make it very clear that if this was an actual victim, I would not make jokes like that. <laughs> I'm making a joke because it's him and his piece of shit of a wife. Yeah, and they're both and they're both pieces fucking of shit. awful people. So I would just like to say that I think he lit her up. <laughs> Light him up. Let him, I mean, okay. literally not condoning any type of violence whatsoever, but it's like... Maybe she just fucking deserves That's it. the thing. It's like, you don't... It's so... It seems like it would be so easy to paint her as a victim. And, you know, you look at the pictures and it's fucking... Her face looks fucking awful. But then you think to her... But then you think back like, no! Listen, I have no fuck... No. 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 Not after... No, bitch. Not after what the fuck you did. You were just as much you were just as much a part of this as he was. Don't even fucking hundred percent. So um, she had bruises on her limbs, a broken rib, and two black eyes. Nonetheless, she returned to work on January fourth of ninety three and tried to pass her injuries as the result of a traffic accident. Her coworkers did not believe her and alerted her parents, who insisted on taking her to a hospital. Once there, Homoka claimed to be a battered spouse and filed charges against Bernardo, who was briefly arrested. This is when they start turning on each other. By sheer coincidence, the samples that Bernardo had given two years earlier were tested right around this time, positively identifying him as the Scarborough rapist. Oh, whoops! Homoka moved to Brampton with her aunt and uncle and told them that Bernardo was both the Scarborough rapist and the killer of Mahaffey in French. In February, she sought full immunity from prosecution in exchange for her cooperation, but this was denied. Instead, Homoka was given a week to accept a 12-year prison term for manslaughter or face charges for three murders, one of them is being Tammy's, whose case had just been reopened. As well as other crimes, Homoka took the deal and testified against Bernardo in his trial, which took place in 95. On September 1st, he was sentenced to life in prison without parole for at least 25 years. 
Not enough. He is kept segregated from other inmates because of his threats because of threats made to him. And on one occasion in '99, a group of five prisoners tried to storm the segregated area and had to be dispersed by riot police. Because of his official status as a dangerous defender, it is considered unlikely he will ever be granted parole. Homoko's plea deal was severely criticized in Canadian society, especially after the tapes depicting the couple's rapes were shown at Bernardo's trial. Some prosecutors declared that had they known what was in the tapes, they would never have proposed it. Bernardo's first lawyer purposefully hid most of the tapes for 17 months and was later charged with obstruction of justice, but he was acquitted. Homoko was released from prison in 2005, having been denied the possibility of parole. She moved to the French Caribbean island of Guadalupe in an attempt to avoid media scrutiny in 07, where she married Thierry Bordelais, the brother of her lawyer, and had three children. The family later returned to Can I, Canada. Honest, I think that might be pronounced Terry. Okay. I know. Yeah. Sure. I will. I will go with that then because it's french canadian so right. that's very i i think i the last name is bordelais but i think his first name might be terry the family later returned to canada and settled in montreal so this bitch is literally going on and living her life as a now Cuban. apparently they um have separated or at least she is they are no longer living in the same home um I don't know if that is due to uh, just the publicity surrounding it and the whole thing because um, she has, she really has tried to just think, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to live my life like nothing fucking happened. And uh, she went to pick up her kids from school and people went crazy on her and it's like fuck yeah understandably after what the fuck you did that you need to be held responsible for wholeheartedly need to be held responsible for just as much as him especially after what the fuck you did to your own sister like i just will never ever ever that that will i don't know that will just bother me that will bother me forever forever that you know, you did this to your own fucking... I mean, bad enough these other... These two other young, beautiful, beautiful girls had to be subjected to the to the both of them. But uh, the fact that you killed your own fucking sister for him, covered it up, everything. Um, apparently, at one point, she was diagnosed with uh, hybristophilia, which is an individual who is sexually aroused by a partner's violent sexual behavior. That's why people think that she's so dangerous. Because if she were to hook up with somebody just like Paul, she would do this all over again. Um, she did live, so when she ultimately, oh, it also should be noted that her name happened to be mentioned in the Netflix documentary, Don't Fuck With Cats, about uh, Luca Magnata, because at some point it was thought that they were in a relationship, but Luca, Luca uh, Magnata is gay. Um, also very much younger than Carla. And um, the only reason why Carla's name was brought up is that uh, Luca Luca was a Canadian murderer as well as Carla being from Canada. Um, but yeah, she uh, was... So apparently as of 2016, 
her children were living in Quebec. Reporters were very angry, or she was very angry when reporters tried to speak with her. This is when she tried to pick up her kids from school. Parents even expressed concern despite the school and school board reassuring them. Um, yeah, this is, I guess this is once it was made public because she's at, she actually at one point tried, she's tried to change her name several times. Um, she tried to take on the surname Trembly, which is apparently very common in Quebec. She's tried to change her first name to her middle name. She's tried to change it to Emily. It just never happened, never came to fruition. Um, as of January of 2020, she is now living in a completely different neighborhood outside of Quebec without her husband or her children. So I don't know if they got divorced or maybe she just didn't want any of any more attention put on her children. Um, because it, you know, I mean, you can't just, I don't know what made her think that she was going to be able to go back to just living a normal life after what she did in the same place or even close to the same place that these crimes were committed or that she would even be, or that you think that you would be good enough that you would deserve, like after what you did, you think you deserve to have a good life? No. You think you deserve to? Her kids don't. Now, don't get me wrong. Right. The, the kids no. don't know. They have nothing to do they with it. They have nothing to do with any of that. So, you know, unfortunately, your mom is a sick person, but that has nothing to do, you know, there, there have been those cases, as we know of, like Keith Jesperson, had kids. The daughter has been very vocal about him being her father, but that she, you know, that has nothing to do with who she is as a person, doesn't reflect on who you are. So the kids should not be chastised for that. But for her to think that she should just be allowed to have a normal life and not have to face those consequences and have the nerve to be mad when these reporters show up. I hope you're mad because you don't want them to show your kids, not because you're mad that they're right. harassing you, bitch. Because right. you deserve every bad thing that comes to you after what the fuck you did. What you put your parents through? Her mother had a complete and total nervous breakdown. Makes sense. Especially after she, she already, it, it she actually had two. She was already fucked up after Tammy because that was her, da her daughter. But then when she found out that her own daughter had something to do with, you know, her sister, two, you know, one daughter killed the other fucking daughter in such a sick, fucked up way, the mother had a complete, complete and total nervous breakdown. <laughs> I mean, like, that poor woman was like, probably like... I mean... Oh, my God. I don't even want to... Oh, my God. Her poor mother. Like, I just... Yeah. Jesus. But just the fact that she thinks in any way, shape, or form that she should not be continuously held accountable for every awful thing that she's done. It's like, you you 100% absolutely should. Like, yeah, fuck you. you yeah, know? you fucking should. You have no, you have no right. You have no right to be able to live a normal life after what you did to these girls. Um, on this article, it should be noted that there is a picture of that um, sketch of the Scarborough rapist. And you can see clearly how much it looks. Just like him. Just like Paul. Looks exactly, looks exactly fucking like him. Um... It also mentions his uh, modus operandi um, in a profile. He, you know, he had a look that he liked. Most these, of them do. You know, these 
he wanted young women. He liked the whole idea of them being virgins. Uh, Carla went right along with that because she was just as sick as he was and wanted to, you know, wanted to please him. Um, so it should be noted that from 1987 up until 1990 is when Paul was committing the rapes as the uh, Scarborough rapist. Um, yeah, and the victims ranged anywhere from 22 years old all the way down to 15. Um, and there's a the, shit Those ton. are just the rape victims. And that's just the rape victims. Uh, yeah, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. 16 victims between 1987 and 1990, and those were just the ones that reported it. Um, some were stalked the night before. They, uh, the ones that fought back, God bless you, fuck him. Um, Tammy was murdered December 24th, 1990. She was 15 years old. Leslie was murdered June 16th of 1991. She was 14. And Kristen French was murdered April 19th of 1992, and she was 15 years old. So, say a small silent prayer April 19th of this year for Kristen, because it has been 30 years since her murder. She'd be 45 years old if she was still alive today. So fucked up. Wait um, a minute. Oh. My brain thought that 92 was her birthday. Not I know, her right? Death day, and I was like... 45, 40, what? You're like, I was like me when I was trying to math <laughs> earlier. I, I was, was like, like, I was born in 90 fucking three. I was like, wait a minute. 44? <laughs> you had to look, you had to look again for a second. Like, oh. I was like, oh, she was 15 oh. in 92. Okay. Okay. Never mind. I'm gonna. Never mind. Never mind. My bad. It's okay. Um, it's okay. So it also should be mentioned that Bernardo himself has confessed or been suspected of uh, up to 10 women um, during unspecified dates and locations in 1986. That was actually confessed by Bernardo in 2006 himself. Um, in 1991, uh, there was... One, two, three women that he assaulted that he named. Uh, March of 1992, uh, he stalked two sisters. Um, more importantly, it should be mentioned, there was a young lady by the name of Elizabeth Bain, where there have been many, many, many attempts to get Paul to admit to this murder because it just matches. Um, she disappeared on June 19th, 1990, three weeks after his last attack as a Scarborough rapist. Her body was never found, although her car was discovered three days after her disappearance with a bloodstain in the backseat. A man by the name of Ro Robert Baltovich had been wrongly convicted of the crime and spent eight years in prison. During a retrial in 2008, there was new evidence presented that implicated Bernardo of the crime, although the retrial was rendered inconclusive. Others have suggested links between Bernardo and the 1991 disappearance of a teenager by the name of Terry Anderson in St. Catharines, and also to a string of rapes in Amherst, New York, 
because of the cigarette smuggling mm-hmm. business that he was doing with his friend Nick. Um, yeah, so still to this day, Elizabeth Baines, um, he was asked about that in 2006. There was an interview uh, when he admitted to the other rapes that he committed uh, when he was a Scarborough rapist. Um, but apparently, uh, Elizabeth's disappearance is still unsolved and he has not admitted to it. So, um, yeah, uh, it should also be noted that Robert Baltovich, the man who has consistently maintained his innocence, in September of 2004, his appeal was processed with his lawyers alleging that he had been wrongfully convicted. Um, as of 2008, after a series of pretrial motions, uh, the prosecutor said that there was no evidence and asked the jury to find Baltovich is not guilty. So, um, yeah, I mean, that those kind, those kind of things always just fuck me up, too, when innocent right. people go you know and unfortunately that's a very unfortunate thing that happens all the time where innocent people are prosecuted or go to prison i mean and and spend years sometimes half their lives you know this guy did eight years and i don't want to you know i'm not diminishing that at all any time in prison is fucking awful but people that have spent half their lives in prison for a crime that they didn't commit i genuinely just, feel for i mean i don't people. even know I, I i literally don't i you don't even know what to say you're 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 you know thank god like, you're free when you know yeah if and when it happens but it's like half your whole life is gone you don't get those years back no you get none of that back um if anybody's more interested in the disappearance of elizabeth bain uh, there was a book written in 1997 called No Claim to Mercy. This is all from Wikipedia by a man um, named Derek Finkel. He presents evidence tying Bernardo to Elizabeth's disappear- uh, disappearance, June 19th of 1990. Bain told her mother that she was going to check the tennis schedule at the University of Toronto Scarborough. And that's when three days later her car was found with blood in it. So, yeah, um... He probably did it. Who, you know, at this point, blame it all on him. Fuck him. You know, fuck the both of them. Uh, I'm glad she was never allowed to change her name. Yeah, good for Uh, fucking... I'm glad that people know where she lives and know where she is. It should be known at all times (laughs) where her whereabouts are. Someone please do. Because I don't give... I, I could give a flying fuck how old she is now. Like, I, you know, I put no trust in either one of them. This bitch literally is walking free and she literally helped this man rape her own sister. Oh, and get this. For the time that she was in prison, she got a sociology degree or psychology degree. Yeah. Hey, do you remember that person I almost dated that one time who also got a psychology degree? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, I had somebody. And she was fucking psycho? I had somebody do the same thing, and, and he took acting classes, so. Oh, Par Bernardo took acting classes. The fuck? <laughs> I forgot to throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's so funny! Anytime you have the ones that have all the red flags that are fucking crazy, and they've taken psychology or sociology courses and acting classes... Run the fuck away. Because when they cry, it's fake. Any emotions they have are fake because they're fucking... Because now they know how to do it and make you believe it. 
Your eyes, her eye is switching. Oh my God. Just like, <laughs> you're like, just listen to us when we tell you to run away from all the red Listen. Guys. Not saying we've that had they could go. So, oh my God. Not saying had, that they're going to go kill somebody. But, no. But, but they're horrible people. Listen, <laughs> if fucking, anybody in the entire crazy. world, especially as a combo, has had all of the possible red flags that you can ever have in a fucking relationship or friendship. Casper and Becky. We've had them. <laughs> I've had more red flags on the friendship side than you have. You've had more on the relationship side, but yes, we both have had our share of both. Yes. And now we all have green flagged friends and green flagged relationships. <laughs> so, you know, this is just great. It took us a while to get here, but it we're t- here. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> it always happens that way. Listen. Always. That's why we try to heed that advice that, you know, especially when we do episodes like this, that, you know, you may not be potentially in a relationship with somebody that's going to fucking kill and torture people. No. But, you know, just like Ted Bundy, just like, just like Carla and Paul, there are these signs of these people being psychopaths and just having, you know, when someone has no empathy, like none, I mean, just, and the emotions that they do show aren't, genuine like they can cry but not shed a tear it's not or they or even they do shed tears that's the real fucked up thing (laughs) and they have you convinced that they're crying for one thing when really it's just that's all a part of the act and how they've trained themselves to appear normal in order to manipulate so yeah, I mean it's it's all of these things need to be looked at. Whether you're and if a they potential have... victim of just a bad relationship <laughs> or a potential victim of a rape or a potential victim of a murder. I if mean, they legit try to control you, oh yeah, out of there. Get the fuck out now before it goes any farther than that. Get with Vicky and get the fuck. Get get with Vicky because <laughs> we're going to get the fuck. Get the fuck. We're going to get the fuck. Vicky's getting the fuck. We're going to get the fuck with Vicky. Sorry if you guys don't know what that is. But... It's a t- fucking TikTok. But it's, that I but love. it's incredible. There's, there's a, this it's woman so... who's literally like, I'm she's going amazing. To get the fuck. And then there's a woman duetting her. That's and she stitched. goes, I'm going with yeah. Vicky. I'm going to get the fuck. It's, she grabs her purse and everything, car keys. It was. Serious. And then the third person did it and did the same thing. She's like, I'm going, we're going to get the fuck. Hilarious. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, I'm sorry if none of you have been blessed with that, but it's incredible. It was a and great video. It was amazing. Really and I still to this day love it so much. I do too. I, I really do. <laughs> you know what? So guys, you know what Alex quoted me yesterday? Yeah. Do you remember you want some fuck? I got you blue. Blue, yellow, no. Ben is a hoe. Go find Becky. Do you remember those stupid fucking birds? Oh my god, yeah. you showed me that. And you're, you showed your dad. You showed me that. And he laughed about it for days. <laughs> for days, because God love my dad. If he discovers something that's been around for those fucking, brand those new fucking to him, birds. it's funny for a week. But you those want birds some were fuck? so fucking. That was the dumbest shit. <laughs> that was one of those that was dumb. It was so dumb funny is sometimes the best thing in the world. That was a dumb to funny. Have, and that was it definitely was... a dumb funny, for sure. And ben those, is a hell. And those early, early, early stages of YouTube when it was just yep. fun and harmless. No, Ron. Go find Becky. I got you, Blue. And they're still on YouTube. 
if nobody has seen um, it. If so. you want to find them, just look up You Want Some Fuck, but make sure you spell some, S-U-M and fuck, F-U-K, and look for the bird. You're yeah, otherwise Wikipedia's gonna be, or uh, YouTube's gonna be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you want some fuck? <laughs> Are you 18 or older? Yeah, that's gonna send you to a whole nother part of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, whatever floats your boat, but anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we are done with that. That was not fun, but, um, that was not really a gay old time. Hopefully informative. Um, they just really interest me. Especially we try to make the... these informative and also give is, you know, and again to the victims, oh my God, you know, just there's, there's. There's so much you want to say, but that you just, you don't know if, yeah, you just don't even know what to say because it's just awful and literally nobody deserves to die like that, especially at that young of an age. But all we can try to do is honor them and let people know that they were people and they had families and parents that cared about them and people that loved them and bright futures ahead of them. Um, and unfortunately they had to fall victim to these sick fucks. And, um, you know, a lot of times we just do these as a lesson, like I said, really just to know that unfortunately there are people out there and uh, it is really be, unfortunate be that careful. there are people out there. Jesus. You know, be just, careful. Just people because the way you said that. General, but you literally were like, it's really unfortunate that there are people out there. Like, well, I yeah. mean, people in general <laughs> are unfortunate, but, um, <laughs> people like this. Yeah, there and, really like, are. You know, Gacy and Dahmer and all these people that are taught that we've talked about that, um, you know, it's just that one thing psychologically that just snapped and it's just an unfortunate situation. But, um, yeah, it just boggles my mind that she's free and, ugh. but anyway, yeah, um, we hope you guys got some information about this. If you want more detailed information, um, again, like I said, the, uh documentary on discovery plus that's uh four parts is called the ken and barbie murder ken and barbie killers the lost murder tapes um it's very interesting to hear the perspective from the detectives and the police that yeah. were involved they do interview them a lot I'm gonna have to actually watch that. I was gonna watch the movie. I watched. But all I'm really three, glad that yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I don't think you should. I because was I not have a really for how fucking triggering that was. Like I said, I, I have a survivor myself, rape, and I just so... couldn't. I was like, oh yeah, this is way more fucked up than I thought. I'm just gonna yeah, I'm gonna turn that off <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, the the I may, I did not finish the last part of it because that goes more into the trial and afterwards. But um, I did watch the first three parts. And like I said, the interviews are very interesting. Um, and also the, uh, you know, because they're, it, obviously they're not, because it's been destroyed. They're not going to, you know, nobody wants to fucking see what they did to the victims. But um, just the regular tapes of the two of them together is so strange because both of them taped everything. I mean, like every aspect of their lot, everything they did, good, bad, disgusting, horrible, everything. So it was just weird to get this like insight I think things like that are just always strange where someone can literally look so normal and they looked so normal again, especially since they were both so attractive and just nobody would have ever, they literally looked like the couple that anybody wanted to be or anybody wanted to know. And under the surface, they were complete psychopaths. So, so that's what you're telling me about Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. Probably. 
Shit. Let's see him. I love that. And he's from Canada, too. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Where is she from? I didn't put that out there. I don't know. I'm just... I'm just... I really genuinely don't think that. Oh my god, that was I awful. Don't think no, absolutely not. I do not either, but that was just really fucking funny. Because you were like, that they were the funny. it couple, and like, that's Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. That's pretty funny. They're the it couple. <laughs> so, guys, next week we will be talking about the Myrtle Plantation. Also, next week finally starting April. We will be in April next week. Yes, Good we God. Will. Um, but yeah, this will be our haunted location. Uh, I want to go here. <laughs> I'll go with you. Like I, I have actually, I, I don't even remember. It might've been, um, to be honest, it might've been ghost hunters. I think like a really early ghost hunters episode that I caught I think or it, one of the scariest places in never those. Remember they, they used to do those shows, scariest places on earth. Scariest you're talking about the one that Linda Blair did. No, because she, no, I thought not she the ones hosted that she, scary in places on her. Not the ones that she did, but I think there was another one where it didn't really have a voice. It was like a voiceover, mm -hmm. and it was like scariest places in America. Maybe she did scariest places on Earth. She did scariest places on Earth, and that's the one that had the voice that would read like this. Ew, and that's and I'm like, first of all, you're so goddamn slow. With your fucking reading. I'm going to be 75 before I get into this episode. And second of all, why do you think this is the way to do it? Like when you're doing a creepy show, that's automatically how you're supposed to talk. Most terrifying places in America. Okay. I know exactly what you're Most talking about. Most terrifying places in America. Yeah. Because uh, they're on Discovery Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was all... It was... I... It might have been on there or a really, yeah, because they've been everywhere. They went to Waverly Hills. They did the Pine Barrens, uh, the Jersey Devil. Yeah, so there's been all kinds of stuff they've talked about on those episodes. But I'm pretty sure they did one about Myrtle's Plantation or a really early episode of Ghost Hunters is how I found out about it. But I've been, yeah, ever since then, for years, I'm like, um, yeah, I want to go here. I want to go to this place. I would place. also like to go. I would very much like to go. <laughs> I would very much like to it get is some spoopies. super haunted. Like yep. I have um yeah, isn't it was that, on it was on Unsolved Mysteries. Isn't that where those girls at the Borden house got that in fucking credible the mom and the daughter picture? the mom and the daughter from Indiana, yeah. Yeah. That that's what they do. Oh they, my they god, stay that at picture, haunted places. I got chills where... just talking about because I remember that picture. That yep. apparition was absolutely fucking crazy. Crazy. Yeah. That place is super haunted. Like the most super haunted. haunted. Like, yeah. It's, ghosts everywhere. Yeah. I uh yeah. It's good that that one is gonna be fucking interesting to go there. But in due time. It's in Louisiana, so <laughs> right in due time yeah that'll be that'll be a while but we gotta um, make a whole ass fucking trip out of that shit i am so excited to talk about the history of this of this place not only that but uh the hauntings because it's crazy because it's gone on for so long and i and i mean we everybody all know that louisiana is haunted as fuck 
to begin with. Oh, all of, yeah. I mean, there and Savannah, Georgia yep. are the two, pla- yeah, the most haunted places of the South that I'm like, let's let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Us packing up, doing a TikTok and packing up the car. Let's go. <laughs> Off to get some spoopies. <laughs> find some spoopies. I love my spoopies though. Like same. Everybody talks about how they love having an adrenaline rush from roller coasters. I get my adrenaline from ghost hunting. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely fucking love it. It's a high I can't explain. Yeah, unless you've experienced it. I I get. I always knew that it was something I always wanted to do, and now that I've done it, I get all of those ghost shows now. Yeah. Like I get it now. Yeah. I get that. Like especially the rush that you especially get. the first time you do have an experience and you hear something or feel something or yeah, it's that first experience that you know that you've had that you've debunked ten ways from sideways and there's no way to debunk it and that and you realize, oh my God, this is real. I just had an actual experience that really happened there was no other way to explain it except this oh my god and then you just you want you always want to have that feeling all the time like you always anywhere any new place you go it's you're trying to get that same feeling back because it is it it really is an adrenaline rush anybody that'll tell you that's ever been to anywhere that's haunted that's explored or had uh experience any type of experiences will tell you it is a huge rush and completely unexplainable unless you've gone through the same thing so i i i I love the feeling i love the feeling of it's kind of like when people people will ask me what's the craziest experience or your favorite experience you've ever had and i always every single time now I'm like solitary confinement at West Virginia Penitentiary. Mm-hmm. That was one of the coolest, humbling. Like I have been, was I was getting kind of emotional, honestly, because I was like, these ghosts are actually like these spirits are actually having fun with us right now. Like we probably made their fucking day. Like they, how long has it been since they've heard music? Right. Yeah. The ones that you know? still have. Um... Yeah, because that's what they were most terrified of with that prison in particular, was that if you die there, you were stuck there. So it was like they never died because you're Mm -hmm. basically just reliving the same moments that you had before you died over and over and over and over again of being a prisoner, no matter what you you did. Um, Yeah, I always say as far as scariest is... uh, hands down for me is the death tunnel at Waverly. I've never been so I wish I could say the same, but I was clueless the whole fucking time. I I have never, anywhere we've ever been in every experience I've ever had have never been more terrified. Because it's a dark tunnel and you're hearing footsteps coming from a dark tunnel. I don't know how it gets more terrifying. And I'm over here going, why are you running? Why are you? Why are you running? And again, we've already discussed this, and you know now. You never question when you see a black person running. Nope. You just run. I just go, and that goes for everyone. <laughs> you see a black person running, don't ask questions. Just start running. Just fucking go. Because they're trust me, it's for a reason. 
it's for a very good fucking reason yep. that they're running. So just just run. Just run with them. Because you will be safe. I honestly think, and I didn't even really experience it, but you did. One of the scariest things I remember is when you saw that black thing coming toward you. Oh, Waverly, God. Yeah. That, that, the one that she had mentioned and she said just the, get out of its the, way. The mass. Yeah. The black mass. That freaked me out. And it was like something out of a movie. Because every you know there's lights coming in there from the from the moonlight there was light coming in through the doorways and then when all of a sudden that light was gone and then it just got closer next one gone next one i was like nope and just ran into like ducked well, off. well it scared the, the fuck out of me because here i was just in this room just doing my thing and then all of a sudden you ran into that room and it was like oh my fucking god and i was like what what <laughs> And then when you said what you saw, I was like, I actually got scared. And, and then like, I was scared need to, to stay leave in the, here. And I was scared to leave the room. Well, yeah, because she said it attacks you. Yeah. And I didn't want any of that fucking shit. So we stayed in there for what, 15 minutes? <laughs> we stayed in that little area right there. I was like, we are not leaving until I know it's gone. You know, you wouldn't think of us <laughs> like that, but, uh, you know, because it wasn't a prison. It was supposed to be, you know, essentially a hospital. But, um, I, you know, like we've mentioned this before. Any just there was so much horrible energy there. Yeah, the energy was just so bad because of how these people died and the experiments they were subjected to. Because there were no antibiotics at the time, and people really didn't know what to do with tuberculosis and the amount of deaths on mm -hmm. a daily basis. I, I mean, mean you was, have a fucking death tunnel. There were hundreds of deaths every, every day. single day, just death upon death upon death. Literally, yeah, like Casper just said, that the morgue filled up. And they didn't want, you know, they thought it would lower morale if patients saw all these dead bodies being carted out. So they thought, well, we'll just shoot them underground so the ones that are still alive won't have to see how many people are constantly dying all the time. Now, to be honest with you, I... They said it was a matter of minutes. It yeah. wasn't like there was... I think they said... Was it a death every hour or... Every it was so something many like minutes. that. It was, yeah, it was just, oh my God. Now, to be honest with you, as far as we even went into that tunnel, I was actually terrified to go any farther. Because I am, I'm claustrophobic and I can't handle Oh, I am too. Darkness. Like that. And that, you couldn't see. That tunnel fucked me up to begin with, but. And here you were going, turn off your flashlight. And I'm like, the fuck is wrong Because with I you? wanted, I just knew <laughs> something was going to happen. You know, we didn't have anything definitive really up until that point, except for the our own experiences out of us too, and kind of our own experiences. But those footsteps, like I've I've never heard anything like that before. Well, I mean, I I had experiences as a kid in my own home where I've heard footsteps, but nothing like when someone's coming at you, mm -hmm. when someone's running at you. That's a very distinctive, and that was concrete. So I mean, when you're hearing footsteps on concrete. That was, yeah, that single-handedly was one of the, and I'm, I'm, I will never go, I would love to go back to Waverly Hills. I'm never going back in that death tunnel. I'm not doing that again. I can't go through that again. <laughs> I can't go through that again. I will not go through that but again. But aren't you glad you did it, though? Oh, I'm glad were, I did it. When we were talking about it, when that door slammed behind us and no one I'm was glad back I there, did it. I was like, you know we're going to regret it if we don't go in there. Yeah. I'm glad I did it for that experience. Yeah. But now that's that will last with me forever, and I'm never fucking going back. <laughs> never that's, going back. That's again. it for me. I'll go back to the building, but I'm not <laughs> going back to that fucking tunnel. Absolutely. Fucking. Did you hear? I should mention this really quick. 
Did you hear a couple weeks ago the tornado warnings they had down there during an investigation and they had everybody go into the death tunnel? Because that... Oh my god. I think I would have just combusted. There were such there were such severe tornado warnings at that at that time. In, I think I would have just combusted that they were having an, they were having like, an active investigation. So they told everybody that apparently that was the safest place to go. Well, it would be. It's underground. It's underground. I would literally be. But like, still, am I, mean, I more scared of the ghosts or am I more scared of the fact that there's a fucking tornado coming? What is like? What is that? The, is exactly <laughs> what the fuck I said. I'm going because I'm like I'm like weighing. I'm going. Okay. <laughs> now, do I have to go all the way in the tunnel, or can I just stay, like, right here? They probably or, took like... them down to a certain point. Yeah, they did. Now, there were people that actually, like, walked even further. Fuck you. Um, but, yeah, there was... It, it did have to be at almost like a... You couldn't... I was like, okay, listen, I don't think I could... I don't know if I could... I'd be like, is there an active tornado coming, like, right now? Is it coming at us? Like, is right it, now? Is it... No? Okay, then I'm not going Right! <laughs> oh, it's just a warning? Like, a maybe? Like, we don't really know? Then I'm not going down Unless there. there's a fucking funnel cloud right over this building, I am not going down there. Like, did somebody stick their head out and see it? Because <laughs> I... Yeah, no. I... No. Yeah, that's... I, I, would, I would turn into fucking hell and hunt, mm -hmm. and I would be like, I'm planting my ass... Take me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going into that fucking time. I know. I'd be weighing a lot of options. Like, I don't think I can do this. Um, I don't. Is there, I mean, is there literally anywhere else we can go? Is there anywhere else we can go? They'd probably be like, I'd not be right now. I'd be crying. <laughs> I'd be like, listen. Oh I guess God. I will choose to go into the death time. I know, spare right? my life. Yeah, just... But also, I'm about to be face to face with some people who didn't actually get their life spared so you know <laughs> it's fine this is fine <laughs> it's, it's, i would be the one who'd be okay. rushing out there is it gone is it gone is it gone okay good bye okay great okay bye i can't be in here <laughs> I can't do i'm this. fucking done we're leaving <laughs> hearing footsteps in there tornado outside Could you fucking oh imagine God. that could you, everyone's fucking quiet and you can hear talking and walking no. around and it's nobody. Oh, no. And there's a fucking tornado just like, <laughs> making my way down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can just, we're going to add that one on the list of my worst nightmares. <laughs> that one is in the top five. Great. Okay. Pitch black room where you can't see shit. You're in a room full of people. It's great. You're in a room full of spirits. It's great. And there's a tornado coming at you. It's great. It's in my top three. <laughs> <laughs> worst case scenario. Like, worst possible thing that could ever happen. <laughs> Literally. All right, my dudes. Well, oh, you know the drill. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast. Twitter handle and Instagram handle is DFWTO. Or, uh, Facebook is the FWTO 8811. If you have any questions, concerns, or want to say hey, DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. And follow and subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean so you always know when we have new episodes. This is, of course, you know, we always do episodes every Wednesday, but sometimes things come up and you will always be notified on social media when 
that happens. Is that everything? Okay. We got it. All right, my dudes. Have a great week. Be safe out there. Don't, you know, get caught up in the fucking wind because the wind is just brutal. It's been crazy <laughs> in Ohio. <laughs> it's really been crazy. Not tornado. Not but... tor no tornadoes or death tunnels. <laughs> but, you know. No. <laughs> All right, guys. And remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the original. original. Bye. Bye.